Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, people, here we go. Welcome in on a Friday, now January the 17th. Let that uh, let that simmer and set in there for you real quick here. 17 days into 2020 is what we are. You landed in the right spot here as we look to make it rain for you uh, heading into this uh, big weekend in the world of sports. And uh, we're excited, too. I'm Joe Ranieri, and uh, Jared Smith uh, joining me here today is Dane, I believe. I thought I saw him passed out on Ocean Avenue there uh, on my way to the studio this morning. So uh, Jared is nice enough to get up at the crack of his ass and join us here this morning because uh, he, too, <laughs> loves making it uh, rain. So, uh, Jared, thank you, brother, for getting up, my man. I know you Did you do in-game live last night or no? No, they 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 gave me the night off because they knew I was coming on oh. early today. So they 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 gave me yes. a reprieve. Oh, and and you know what was funny? Last saved. night was just a crazy night in basketball. I mean, it was like a ridiculous night. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm almost glad that I avoided uh, having to see all these yep. crazy overtime games, these crazy finishes. It was one of those wild nights in the NBA. Yeah, it was it was a little crazy. And again, it was a it's one of those nights last night where we had, you know, 60 some odd college hoops games. You had five NBA games, four or five NBA games. But it was one of those nights where it, you could either wake up this morning and be like, damn, man, just just doubled up, ready to go. Or holy crap, I got to get a second job. Uh, and that's kind of the way it's been in college hoops. This year with, again, you know, Oregon last night, another team to get taken yeah. down 72 to 61. Uh, they're the 23rd top 10 team to lose to an unranked team already this year. Like, seriously, good luck with uh, college hoops this year. It's out of control. Yeah, and, and that's been kind of a trend, especially with the conference. It, it feels like every conference home dog has been barking this mm-hmm. year. I mean, it's it, it's been really remarkable. And I think uh, once we get to March, uh, we're going to see this trend where, you know, one through 16. I mean, this is a great year to bet some of those props where is a 16 going to be to one is a 15 going to be to two. Uh, it just feels like one of those years where anything is possible in college basketball. I don't think there's going to be a one seed. Uh, we're definitely not going to see four one seeds in the final four. I'll tell you that. No, it's not it's not going to ha- it's going to be very interesting just to see who the number one seeds are going to be here this year uh, outside of the Zags who uh, dominated uh, the Broncos of Santa Clara last night, uh, they were laying 19 and a half. They won by 40. So uh, good cover there for the Zags and uh, heading into a weekend that's going to be filled uh, with more conference play. Big battles uh, coming up. We'll uh, we'll touch base on that next hour. We'll have our buddy uh, Max there. Uh, Maxwell Smart joining us uh, covers college hoops like uh, nobody's business. And he's great, too. You're going to love him, Jared, because he follows team. He's like uh, Mr. New Balance, man. He he'll tell you stats from like Merrimack and what like what's going on. Like, <laughs> you know, there's a big game here. You don't want to miss this one. Like who? Like what? How, how do you even know these teams? But he loves those added yeah, games he's got on the, the cards, League. which exactly. Correct. Hey, man, Dartmouth yeah, looking good, man. For- don't mess around. Yeah, yeah. Art, it's, yeah, it's exactly. Great this, this 
We do have also, uh, guys, of course, uh, there is football still here, and you wouldn't know it from Major League Baseball just doing the greatest backhand kiss-my-ass NFL. Major League Baseball wants you to know they are still here dominating the headlines all week. And, uh, yes, Jared, it uh, it came out again yesterday that uh, good old uh, Carlos, uh, it sounds like he was doing his best, please don't fire me, please don't fire me, please don't fire me. But it looks like the yeah. Mets just went, yeah, no, you you got to go. And and I'm saying this because social media seems to be Met fans, Carlos Beltran's fans, very popular guy, too. Uh, they're like, well, sure. you can't fire him. Get, listen, do you really want him or, or any of the Mets players for an entire season, Jared, having to answer questions every day about the Houston Astros and what he did three years ago as a player. I mean, is that really as a fan of the Mets? Is that something you would have wanted to happen this year? I know it sucks, but that would have been the reality yeah. of the situation if he still managed. I think it's tough because Mets fans just want this to go away. They just want their team mm. to actually have some some promise. And and so I think it's a double-edged sword because I, I do think that he was a really good fit for that job. Uh, but on the other hand, now you've got this cloud hanging over your head all year long. And and I, I do think it was almost Brody Van Wagen and almost saving his job in a sense because, you know, they're starting to see what what teams are starting to get kind of disciplined by Major League Baseball. Uh, we already see the Astros general manager basically lose his job over this. Uh, we didn't know what kind of deal the Red Sox made behind the scenes uh, by saying farewell uh, to Alex Cora uh, and what repercussions would have happened if they didn't. So I almost think it was almost a preemptive move by Brody Van Wagen. And, and it was just the, the way that the Mets handle these things, Joe, there's going to be a case study in 100 years on how not to handle PR situations. And it's just going to be a case study about the Mets. And you're just going to read about all these yeah. things that have happened over the years. And it, they just don't know how to handle these situations. There was a uh, bad timing yesterday, of course, because it's the Mets. There was this like ceremony for Mike Piazza yesterday where they renamed one of the Port St. Lucie like streets by the team facility after right. him. And so the Wilpons were there. And of course, you know, the media is going to ask the Wilpons questions. And the way that the uh, Jeff Wilpon just handled it was just like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, we're, we're here for Piazza today. Yeah. Like someone's just got to coach yeah. this guy up and be like, um, you know, just tell them we're working on it. We're looking into it. We will have a statement soon. Like it, it's just, right. I don't understand why they're just so like, they're just bumbling idiots with this stuff. And it, it's, right. it's unfortunate because Mets fans deserve better. Yeah, no, they do. And, and only the Mets could, uh, can be embroiled in a, uh, a cheating scandal, uh, with not one, but two world series teams. And, of course, they're not even making the playoffs. So only yeah, the right. Mets could uh, could manage to do that. So we put the name World Series, and the Mets somehow got into that conversation. But I do think the New York media, <laughs> it, they would have made his life miserable because every time uh, if his players, oh, yeah. uh, you know, struck out a couple of times, you know, the question, uh, hey, man, uh, Carlos, you ever think about maybe uh, implementing some sort of, uh, you know, yeah, strap-on right. device here, uh, you know, buzzing your players <laughs> and let them know? I mean, that would be me and if I'm in the media room going, I, I got a question for you here, Carlos. I, it would have been relentless, and it wouldn't have been fair, quite honestly, to the Mets players or to the Mets fans for that matter. Yeah, and 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 I think that's why they made the decision. I, I do think it was self-preservation almost. 
uh, for the Mets. And and this town just continues to kind of cannibalize itself uh, with the baseball teams, where the Yankees just continue to to get off. I don't want to say scot free, but 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 they they dodged a bullet because the Yankees could have had Beltron on their on their staff as well right now if the Mets decided yep. to hire Joe Girardi instead. Yep, yeah, plenty, uh, plenty more still to get to about this. We'll talk about Odell Beckham Jr. More headlines from overnight as we look to make it rain on this Friday. Come back and join us here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Dailyroto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Pillsbury Doughboy. Fantastic. Honestly, guys, you could not have scripted this uh, better for Major League Baseball because instead of us uh, occasionally bringing up the fact that pitchers and catchers like T-minus 30 days and counting, um, nope, we are talking about scandals, strap-ons, buzzers. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a whole lot of firing three managers in a week. I mean, it is total craziness. But once again, I will say this. Uh, I do think over this weekend there will be a, a very big push by Major League Baseball to not allow this wildfire to spread anymore. I do think that once uh, Sunday comes, and of course it'll be uh, Super Bowl from there on out, I do think Major League Baseball understands, uh, Jared, and, uh, and you tell yeah. me, but to me, baseball knows the scope of this. And I uh, the idea that it's just contained to you know, Altuve and Hinch and the Astros and maybe the Red Sox is is the most absurd thing. Even if the whole buzzer thing is true, that these guys were wearing patches and devices and they were getting ringed, I can assure you that they probably weren't the only ones. The only reason, again, we even people would even consider talking about it in this light was because they're World Series champions. And uh, if uh, I, would it surprise you if I said, you know, Detroit has something uh, along those lines they've been doing, Baltimore, Seattle? You know, it'd be like, all right, who cares? Nobody cares. Why? Because they suck. They're just yeah, not very good at Baltimore. it. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, they're just not any good at it. So, But the idea that it's just contained to a small number of teams, I, you know, I think is rainbow and puppy dogs. And it's just, guys, it's not the reality. And my biggest problem, like steroids, was, if everybody knows that you, here's a needle, you can either stick it in your ass or you don't, um, at least you know what the game is. Like, you have a choice, right? I can sure. either bulk up and do this, or I can try my best to figure out another way to be competitive and not do it. If everybody in Major League Baseball, and to me, I guarantee you, every team, agents representing multiple players, everybody knows in baseball what's going on there. 
And if you allowed them to get the better of you going into a, a game or a series, knowing that there is there is this going on and you haven't figured out a way to counter it, to me, Jared, that's on you. That's not. I mean, we can blame the Astros. They're going to be the fall guy. I get it. But the truth is, if you allow them, knowing what's going on, allow them to get the better of you, uh, that's on you. I got no sympathy for those teams. This is the Bill Belichick effect, Joe. I mean, this yeah, is yeah. this is this is teams just trying to compete with each other, uh, mm-hmm. not really compete for the game. And and I think we're going to see it in sports. I don't think we'll ever not see it in sports where teams don't try to get an edge. But I think there's a line. I, I, I think there's a line. And, you know, it's funny. I, I was listening to some of the talk radio, you know, in town yesterday. And, and, and one of the old school hosts was talking about how the Giants at the old uh, Meadowlands Stadium used to mm-hmm. open the doors uh, of the stadium uh, when that the team was Belichick. kicking at that end. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's kind of along those lines. I mean, you know, it's not to the extent of the technology that is used today with this Astro scandal, but this has been going on in some capacity for years where teams will try to get whatever edge they can in order to win. I don't think it's ever going to stop, but it's, it's baseball's job. It's football's job. It's whatever league's job to police it to the point where it's not over the top. And this is clearly reached over the top status now, and it needs to be checked. So, right. uh, you know, this, the, these things are going to happen uh, in, in baseball, in football, in every other sport. Teams are going to try to get an edge in every way possible. There is too much money on the line for these teams not to try to get this edge. However, it's baseball's job. It's the commissioner's job to keep this to where there's still a competitive balance and the edge is not you're not scratching your head. and You're like, uh, yeah, that that shouldn't be happening. Right. And yes, for the beginning of time, there's always a line to cross, but. The idea that all Major League Baseball teams aren't aren't going up to that line and looking over and all of them aren't at some point crossing that line. Now, whether yeah. they continue to cross it and get caught is one thing, but they're all crossing it, guys. On a daily basis, they're all crossing it. Um, some are better than others at it, but <laughs> even even with Belichick. You know, if you think uh, Belichick oh, yeah. was the only guy that had a video room and a guy on the payroll, that you're out of your mind. Of course they did. Absolutely. Everybody did. Just don't get caught. And it's usually a la, you know, Eric Mangini or a la Mike Fires. Somebody's got to put their name on it for it to be taken seriously 100%. and to blow it up. And I know Jessica Mendoza, who I'm still quite trying to figure out how she has a job with the Mets, but. Uh, she works for ESPN, obviously. She does the uh, the game of the weeks. And she made the comment yesterday, which she got a lot of heat from, about Mike Fires and the fact that she's uh, she's not okay with the way he blew the lid off of this and that how it how it came to light. But I think the reality is if Mike Fires doesn't put his name on this, are we even having this conversation? No, like if no, an unnamed not. source from The Athletic, some unnamed source says... You, me, and everyone else is like, yeah, here's your unnamed sauce. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Until you give me a name and somebody's that standing up for it, it's not a story. So if Mike Fires doesn't put his name on it, we don't have a story here, do we? 
Yeah, and 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 you know another thing to keep in mind: this story was really broken open by a Twitter reporter, and he does a great job. The John Boy guy, yeah, uh, you know he you know he he's kind of revolutionizing what what kind of modern day journalism is becoming, where you know you have access to all these feeds and you can look through all this content and you can look through all this video, and he yep. has been able to find these moments uh, where the I mean, and it's cl- and it's clear as day. And when you're watching the game, uh, you know when you're watching a random you know White Sox Astros game in 20. 17 in the middle of July, nobody cares. So right. these things are going to slip through the cracks. But then when you go back and look through some of this footage, and he was one of the guys that really combed through hours of it. these games yep. and yep. really dug this up. It's almost like a Woodward and Bernstein, like, uh, you yep. know, journalism, uh, you know, just, just kind of a case study in, in, in what investigative journalism is like in 2020. Uh, it so really true. was fascinating to kind of see this stuff come to light. And once the first thread was pulled, it kind of unraveled and, and, yep. and it's kind of, it, I think you're hundred percent right though. If, if, if we don't get an actual name source on this, we probably never break this story because never. that never tips off John boy to look through this footage and find these, these moments. Nope. And, yep. and when you look at that footage, Joe, it's almost like, wow. It's like it's almost it's like, laughable. how has this been going on for so long? Yes. And that's, again, the hard part for me is nobody's saying it's justified it's right my problem is and i'd have a much bigger problem with this like the steroids is if one team had it did it alone nobody else everybody else was playing by one set of rules and this team was playing by another major league baseball knew about steroids looked the other way for years until they couldn't look away anymore and the lid got blown off then they acted like i had no idea It's the same crap here, guys. I mean, Major League Baseball is a business. Their job is to make money. That's what these billionaire uh, owners want to do. They make billions of dollars. If the ratings are good, if guys like the Astros and if they're good stories, they keep people interested, they're not going to step in the way of that. Now, behind the scenes, they might be going, all right, guys, let's not get out of control here. But the idea that Major League Baseball and every other Major League Baseball team did not know what was going on, had access to the same technology, and didn't utilize it or wasn't doing it, that's my problem is don't act so surprised. You had a chance to be better. And just because you have video of the signs, the fact that I allow you to decode them is on me. Like, that's on me, not, not you. For trying, because by the way, we got a dude up in section 302 with a long range lens, by the way, that's stealing your crap too as well. So, but you've got to be better if, as long as everybody's aware. And from what we can tell, everybody was aware. Then, sorry, Astros, you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar, but I don't think it's going to stop. I don't think it's going to stop in the lead, just like steroids ain't stopping. Who are we kidding? Yeah, exactly. Plenty of plenty of these guys still get banged for this. It's just a matter of how it evolves from here, Joe. Yeah. What's the next step of this? Yep. There has to be a poster child, doesn't there? There has to be a fall guy like Chris, like uh, like our boy there uh, told us that uh, got to get a fall guy. Well, somebody should have told Odell Beckham Jr. that uh, uh, he needs a fall guy. Cool. Ruins it for everybody. More on that story coming up next year on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Let's make it rain, people. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Uh, I want to invite you, of course, YouTube would be a great place for you to go, especially if uh, you're into the whole uh, winning bets, you know, kind of uh, like, like I like DFS and uh, I want to get into sports betting. I like to make money. Well, there's one real easy way to do it, and that is by subscribing to the Sports Grid Network right here. Get all the sports wagering and fantasy advice you need in one spot. That's right. YouTube. Check it out, Sports Grid Network. Subscribe, hit that little bell in the upper right-hand corner. Never miss an episode here on the network. And as long as you're going to be posting selfies like uh, Odell Beckham Jr., you might as well hit us up on Insta as well, at Sports Grid TV. And don't forget, we got golf season underway right now, full PGA Tour. And why not be the next Dallas, uh, daily fantasy golf legend? You can do it this year. Go for the green with DailyRoto.com. And for a limited time right now, you can get free access to Daily Roto's PGA DFS products, which include fantasy projections powered by Data Golf. You get all the PGA betting tools. And of course, it's interesting they put the word course in there the DailyRoto.com Fantasy Golf Optimizer. So, bottom line is don't wuss up. That's it. Put the three wood back in the bag, grab the driver, go for the green, do it with DailyRoto.com. Enter that promo code green. And you'll have access for a free seven-day golf membership. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code GREEN, and you get your free trial. And keep in mind, guys, at DailyRoto.com, it's where millionaires are made. And I want to welcome you in on this uh, Friday here to make it rain on the grid, SportsGrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. Jared Smith uh, alongside is uh, Dane, uh, I think, is motorboating uh, Cinnamon right now uh, on his bachelor party, but <laughs> I will be joining him uh, shortly after that, I'm sure, at some particular points. And uh, we will uh, hopefully have enough bail money uh, in town to be able yeah, to handle this week. You guys are going to hang yeah. out this weekend. I feel yeah, like we're gonna, I'm going to have to uh, mosey on over there and take him to uh, some of the clubs that require a, uh, a password and yeah. uh, uh, kind of in the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be one of those uh, kinds of weekends. Uh, and maybe who knows? We'll probably see Antonio Brown in one of them uh, due to the fact that he's not too far from here. And we'll I Odell thought Beckham, this that's for sure. Yeah. Well, Odell would just be yeah, he'd be out in front. Uh, that defeats the whole purpose, Odell. You'd be out in front letting everyone know. Uh, but Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus uh, apparently have come to an impasse. And he made the announcement yesterday, Drew Rosenhaus, that and we all wondered this. Here, Jared, all wondered, like, at what point was Drew Rosenhaus going to step and be like, dude, I can't do this anymore. Like, I every time I open a door, you slam it. So I thought it was interesting the wording he used, Rosenhaus. He talked about, um, I'm not severing it forever. I, I do. I'd be more than happy to work with him again if he gets help, implying that there is some sort of mental evaluation that needs to go on here, which I think many of us agree is probably a, sure. a possibility. But I also find it hilarious that uh, Rosenhaus, you only 
you only get paid if you find him work. So, you know, the idea that you're walking away now, get help, and then, oh, yeah, when he's actually employable, you'll jump into the picture, I think it's hysterical. But at least it's out there because we've all been saying it. But now Rosenhaus comes out and says, this dude needs some help. And I think it's at the point with this isn't just Antonio Brown is a, uh, you know, he's a self-serving, he's a, you know, he's a lunatic. Like there is something more going on here. And why we laugh at him, I think the reality is, I think Drew Rosenhaus is on to something, man. He he might very well need some help. And especially with the anybody that's watching the Aaron Hernandez special on Netflix right now, guys. Uh, yes. Guys, there was serious mental issues going on here. This is not a dude that was just a murderer. Like, he wasn't born that way, guys. There was the sequence of events and what football and how football played a role in him becoming a murderer is, it's pretty telling, man. It really is. Yeah, and I don't think it's a coincidence at all that this happened right around the time that that Hernandez uh, documentary came out. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that there is a little bit of a timing thing with that. And I'm also, I was shocked when I saw that Antonio Brown's lawyer also decided to step, I mean, you know, you would think right now uh, his lawyer would be a very lucrative position. So I I do think that there is something to this story that is kind of more than meets the eye. I don't know if we're going to find out the real details, but I do think eventually Antonio Brown is at a fork in his career right now, and he can either go to the left and take the red pill and and, and figure out how to get back to, you know, respectability, or he can go down the red pill, you know, like the in the Matrix and, you know, keep going down the rabbit hole. Yep. So yep. I, I think right now Antonio Brown has a really tough decision to make, and I, I, I never wish ill will on anyone. I, I hope he figures out whatever is troubling him and gets back on track, because let's be real, he is a dynamic talent in the NFL, uh, yeah. and, and, and he's one of the more exciting players to watch. And, you know, you look at him and you look at Odell Beckham Jr., and it's just kind of surprising that, you know, we're talking about these things associated with these, you know, game-breaking all-pro wide receivers and not things on the field. It's really disappointing because, you know, you've got two guys that can really make an impact on on the, the future of the NFL and, and how it's played at the wide receiver position. But instead, we're talking about something entirely different. Yeah. And uh, in the case of Antonio Brown, it's guys uh, that he wasn't like this always. You know what I mean? And and I know many, uh, many people in the media. Oh, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, everybody. You know, it, it's while he did such a great job of pointing the finger that it was everybody else in the organization. It's it's it was a gradual decline with him. And really, it starts with. I don't care how great your knees are, your legs are, and how great a shape you're in. If he ain't got it mentally over there, which seems to be there was a progression downhill, and it only it's getting worse. So I hope he gets the help he needs. As far as Odell Beckham Jr. goes, uh, now he's got an arrest warrant out for him because he thought the uh, a cop in the locker Mm. room uh, was somehow rounding third base because he just hit a home run. Like I don't know like smacking him in the ass to the point where even now the Browns had to, and the video I think is telling, I mean, it really is. First of all, it's a lot of questions going on in this video here, Jared, and it starts with, oh my um, goodness. why is the cop busting number 68's chops in this locker room to begin with? Like, like he's checking his Gatorade bottle, yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. like he's patting him down. Like what, like, what are you doing here? Now, Odell, I, you know, Ugh. Odell, first of all, what's Ugh. with the fanny pack? I don't know what that green fanny know. pack is around the That's shoulder. It's a little disturbing. Yeah, it's um, but this has now caused him more aggravation. And more importantly, it's caused the Browns 
more aggravation because they had to release a statement saying that we're aware of the incident. We've been in touch with Odell and his representatives. They're cooperating. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, we, we can't appropriately address the situation just yet, which I think is laughable here because this is exactly what you signed up for. It's what the Giants wiped their hands of. Oh, yeah. It's what the Browns are now figuring out. And another interesting correlation between Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. is why they are both dynamic game changers. Neither one of them is on a team that's ever won anything. Nope. And Odell Beckham Jr., outside of making one-handed catches in games that don't matter, uh, what else does he bring to the table here exactly? I I don't, because every team he goes to, they don't win, man. They don't win. No. No, and, 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 and I've been saying this for years. Uh, and I have a lot of giant fan friends here in New York that that don't mm. like to listen to it. But I I'm one of the more anti Odell people out there. I And I think it goes back to what he did with the boat. Trip. It's just it, you know, it's just it's always about Odell. And what he's done in this situation is he's taken one of the happiest moments uh, for his alma mater and for some of his I don't know if they're friends. You know, I'm sure they're, you know, friends off the field, but they, they, he probably isn't as close to this team uh, right. as, as he was leading on, uh, you know, that night. I'm sure he hasn't spent a ton of time around the LSU football team this year, uh, but he showed up uh, on the most important night of the year and he made it all about Odell. And yep. that is just very typical of who he has been in his career. And I don't think it will ever change. I don't think football is his number one priority. I think he likes football a lot, but I think his number one priority is making sure Odell Beckham Jr. is having a good time and is enjoying himself. And to yep. me, that's a tired act, and it's an act that's not going to win you over favor in many NFL locker rooms uh, with your teammates when you're causing all this stir and we can't win. And and I don't know what went on behind the scenes in Cleveland this year. Obviously, it was an absolute dumpster fire, uh, and it's, it was a dumpster fire in New York, and he is a cancer for whatever locker room he is in. I know he is a game-breaking player. I am not taking away any of his talent. He is one of the most dynamic talents at the wide receiver position in NFL history. But I'm sorry, that does not win you Super Bowls in this day and age. What wins you Super Bowls is being on the same page with your quarterback, showing up to work on time, being a good teammate. And he does not understand any of those important factors in the NFL. You have to do all of those things in addition to being a game-breaking talent and an elite wide receiver. But you also have to play the game. And he doesn't know how to play the game. He only knows how to play Odell's game. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a long list of uh, of guys that, you know, Jerry Rice, the, the greatest of all yeah. time, guys, never made it about him. Uh, everybody else did. And, you know, a good comparison, too. I You know, I heard somebody talking about, you know, the pro- they say LeBron is, is very similar to this. LeBron makes it all about him all the time. He's never wrong, doesn't want anybody to hate him. You know, LeBron is about LeBron. But you know what? LeBron's got the rings. LeBron wins. Yep. And when you're winning, when you win – you can pretty much walk around like this and pass out dollar bills. You can do whatever the hell you want to do because you're a winner. You're not a winner. The only thing you are is a narcissistic, egotistical, look at me every chance you get. You're immature. You're insecure. And all you're going to end up doing is taking down other people around you. You've thrown your coach under the bus. You've thrown your quarterback under the bus. You know, now you find you're, you're smacking police officers in the ass in a locker room. That why are you even in there? It makes absolutely no sense. No sense. And yeah. you made everything that night now about you. And what drives me crazy too is is the Odell Beckham Jr. apologist, where oh he's a nice guy, like he does he can't help him. So, 
It's a grown-ass man. He's 27 years old, acting like he's 12. You know, we don't uh, we don't give him we don't give him a pass because he's a nice guy. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah, the apologists—they're starting to run out of excuses because yeah. you can't make an excuse for what he did the other night. I mean, there's yeah, just no excuse. You, you well, so it's the cops' fault. fault. It's the cops' yeah. fault. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Unbelievable. All right, we'll start diving into these matchups. Take a look at the markets. We'll do that coming up next year on the grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Guys, welcome back in here on a Friday. Let's do this here. I'll take a look at the uh, the markets and what uh, what we've seen thus far for these championship Sunday games here. Kansas City Titans, Green Bay, San Francisco. I'm Joe Ranieri. Jared Smith joining us here from, uh, I love your studio, by the way, man. I see you posted it on uh, Twitter, man. It's uh, It's not yeah. a bad way to go, right? No, and and you know what? I've got one of these LED lights that I use as like my lamp, and I kind of doubled it as as uh you know because it's you know as you know you're you're a tech guy, Joe. It's all about the lighting. It's all uh, about it, the it always, yes, it's always about the lighting, and uh, even in the bedroom, it's always about the lighting, guys. <laughs> you know, you gotta have that. You know, three o'clock in the morning, it's all about the right lighting. Trust me when I tell you there. It's all about angles. <laughs> um, <laughs> angles and lighting, baby. Angles and lighting. That's exactly what it is, man. It's the trick to porn. It's all about the angles, guys. Uh, yeah, you learn that quickly. So um, we take a look at the market here for these games and what we have seen and what we have noticed thus far. And it is interesting here. Titans at Chiefs, uh, for instance. So we sort of line open up Kansas City seven and a half, right? So they're a seven and a half point home favorite. This was rather quick, too, after the game. And the public remains all over the Chiefs here. Uh, sure. You know, I'm seeing uh, two thirds or better laying the points. It's been happening all week. We've seen it at seven and a half. It hasn't kind of really gone anywhere. But that's a telling sign, Jared, from the standpoint of that this many tickets, this many bets on the Chiefs, and it remains at seven and a half. Uh, it, it tells us a little something about why it's not up to eight, uh, because yeah. it should be up to eight with this kind of lopsided betting right now, but it's not. So there is definitely some book liability on the Titans here, which is why they have frozen the line and they're not moving it. Now, as it is, they're giving you the hook, which is amazing to me that it even opened up that way. Uh, but instead of pushing it up and quite honestly, by the numbers that I am seeing here in many of the books around the country, I, I'm it should be eight, eight and a half, really, with how lopsided it is. But we also know that playoff dogs, especially this Titans team, pretty good this year. Overall, pretty good uh, in the history, I think. Uh, seven and a half to seven. They're three and one in the playoffs this year against the number. But since 2003, playoff dogs of a touchdown or more, 37 and 26 against the number, almost 60%. So there is no doubt I get the public support with Kansas City. 
but it doesn't change the fact there is a quite a divide here between public and pro support. The pros love the Titans in this spot. The public loves Kansas City. Now, if you're going to back the Titans, would you be waiting for that eight? Would you uh, would you grab the seven and a half now, or would you hold out hope that it gets to eight at some point? You know, it's funny. I actually think this is going to go in the other direction. I think this is going to close around seven. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, I just good. have that feeling. I, I just have that feeling. I actually think both numbers are going to kind of stay right where they are. Uh, seven and a half, seven, uh, depending on, on kind of where the closing pushes on, on, on uh, game day, but uh, to kind of expand on your numbers. So championship rounder later, touchdown or dogs or touchdown or more dogs are nine and two ATS. So this mm. is a trend that we've seen. Uh, in these late rounds, there's a reason that these teams have gotten there. Now, it's kind of funny. If you were going to ask me which dog I like more this weekend, I actually would lean Green Bay. I, I think the thing going against Tennessee is just the fact that they're playing their fourth straight road game, which in the NFL is not only a very rare thing, it is almost unheard of. You do not see four straight road games in the NFL. This is the only situation where you would see it, where a team has to go on the road week 17, and then they also have to go on the road in the first round of the playoffs. They somehow win. Then they go on the road in round two. They somehow win again. Uh, Four straight road games in the NFL is something that is very, very rare. And I'm curious if it's going to finally catch up with Tennessee this week. They've got the horses. I mean, they've got the matchup as well with Derrick Henry going up against what's a very weak Chiefs rushing defense. And if you see the matchups, what we've seen with Tennessee, they face New England, which has a rushing defense of a top five. Then they face Baltimore, which has a rushing defense of top 20. Now they're mm-hmm. facing the Chiefs, which is like a top 25 rushing. So so it's just the, the, the matchups seem to get better for Kansas City as they go further in this right. tournament. However, I just don't know if they will have the stamina and if Ryan Tannehill is really up for this task. Because let's be real, Tannehill has not been asked to do much over the last two weeks uh, to win these two games for uh, for Tennessee. I, I don't he, he he's going to have to put up some points. Uh, this weekend, and he's going to have to throw the football this weekend, I think, if you want to keep up with Mahomes and the Chiefs. I don't know if he has that ability. I'm fascinated by that first game, but I actually think the best dog in the fight might be uh, that Packers team. It's, it, you know, it's interesting because matchups are everything, right, guys? Especially this time of year, matchups are everything. And right now, the biggest liability on that field in that game is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs defense. And, and I get that they were nice at the end of the year. Spagnuolo did a great job of transforming and getting, and getting them back in. But to your point, they're 29th in DVOA against the run. They're sixth against the pass. So, uh, and we're talking about a team here to your Tannehill hasn't had to do much while well, you're, you're feeding Derrick Henry 30 plus times a game and you're getting 180 yards and you get, you don't really have to do much, but at least sure. Tannehill has shown since he's taken over and the weapons they have on the outside with Brown and uh, they can, they can drop you down. And I think the big problem is going to be if they have to overcommit to stop Henry. If they have to overcommit to stop Henry, then that's going to leave them vulnerable in the back half over there. And that's where guys like that's a matchup nightmare on the outside for uh, uh, for Kansas City. And before the game got blown out of control, they had some success early on in those drives, running the ball with Carlos Hyde. Houston did. Deshaun Watson kind of carved them up there a couple of times. Um, they've got some weapons on this team. But again, it's that defense that's the weakest unit on the field. Kansas City's like watching LSU, I think. It's probably a good comparison, right? I mean, sure, that's kind of what I comparison. feel like we're looking at. The NFL uh, version of LSU. It, yeah. Exactly correct. Yeah. And I can tell you this, that Tennessee has done nothing from the defensive standpoint um, to say that 
they're not going to be up for the task or that Vrabel and company and Dan and P's there, the defense coordinator. They've done a great job thus far. And look at the game, guys. Look at the game. Nobody thought they'd be able to stop what is supposed to be the most prolific running uh, attack and offense we've ever seen in Lamar. And they shut him down to the tune of, like, what, 12 points here? Yeah. So, well, 25 points in two games at the playoffs, yeah. Joe. I mean, they, you they're going to be up to it. Job. They're going to be up for it. But once again, we're going to come down to the fact where the unknown in the wild card, which is why seven and a half points is such a strange number, is that if that defense, the weakest unit on the field, has to overcommit to stop Henry, um, they're never going to be out of it, Kansas City. We realize this, right? And the first time they played, what did we learn the first time we played? Is there anything that you saw that we can pull away from game one that was 36-33 they ended up winning? Anything we can pull away from that game that you think it will be pretty much what we're going to see this weekend? I mean, that game was really fluky, though. I remember that game very yeah. well because, uh, it, you know, I think a lot everyone was on the Chiefs in that game. But it was also one of Mahomes' first games back. Uh, right. So there was some weird, you know, I don't want to call it like weird karma in that game, but I feel like Kansas City probably was not rolling out their full game plan offensively in that game. Uh, it, it was probably a shell of a game plan, not only considering that they were very heavy favorites in the game, but also it, it was it was an early spot for Mahomes to come back. Yes. There was also a couple of fluky special teams plays in that game. There was a fluky turnover at the end of the game. Uh, I, I don't look at that game and take much stock in what Tennessee did. Uh, now, they were able to be very good running the football. They were able to move the ball very well against Kansas City's defense. I think the Chiefs defense has actually been playing a lot better since that game. Uh, in yep. fact, I think that game was almost kind of a, a jumping off point for, for their kind of turnaround defensively uh, over the last few weeks of the season. I, I, so I don't read too much stock into that game. And I think sometimes we look into the previous matchups that happened three months ago, like we're going to do with this San Francisco Green Bay game. Maybe that was like two months ago. And, and we're going to really overanalyze that matchup. Matchup, but really, these teams, the NFL is such a week-to-week -week league that I don't look back farther than two or three weeks in the past to kind of see where we're at with the NFL. I mean, if you look back two months in the season, these right. teams are so different. So I, I don't look at, at those games that, you know, and, and we're going to handicap these games off of what we saw earlier in the year. I think that's a bit of an over estimation of what we're going to see on Sunday. Uh, I, I think Tennessee's defense will be up for this matchup. But again, I think the the stamina of having to play four straight road games uh, yeah. and, and just the relentlessness of Patrick Mahomes, people are going to crown Lamar Jackson the MVP. He's very deserving. I say if it's not Jackson, it's Russell Wilson. I still think Lamar, I mean, I, I still think Patrick Mahomes is the most talented and the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you know, you can take what you, you know, say what you want about Lamar Jackson's season and Russell Wilson's season. Patty Mahomes is still the guy. Mm -hmm. And if he is playing at a high level, there is no quarterback in the NFL that can do it better than, than, than Patrick Mahomes right now. And you just have to, you, you just have to lean Kansas City. Uh, and, and until they show otherwise in terms of moving the football up and down the field, they have to be the team that's going to set the tone on Sunday. It's, um, I I don't expect the Chiefs to be held below 20 points, right? So no. you had mentioned it, 12 and 13. I don't expect them. But I've also seen enough, to your point, about recency here and, and current form. I've seen enough from both of these teams where I don't think this is going to be a 60-point game. I do not think this is going to be a shootout. Uh, I do think this is going to be a little bit tighter. And I do think if there's ever been an opportunity, I think Vrabel's going to have more opportunities to open this offense up than he has shown. And don't forget, guys, this is a dude that 
has rings, played with Belichick and company, understands that what you have seen for the last two games, you might not see anything that resembles that this game, guys. That's that's what Vrabel has shown. He loves his linebackers and his secondary. This is going to be a million times better unit than what Houston was and what Kansas City just saw. So I do think there is going to be an opportunity now. Play action for Tannehill. Just mm. the mere thought and the 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 idea that he could hand off to Derrick Henry is going to have everybody on edge. I think Tannehill's the guy, when it comes down to it, that is going to be responsible for either winning this game or losing this game. I don't think it's going to be Derrick Henry because I think they're going to ask Tannehill to do more in this game just from a simple standpoint of you're prepping all week to stop that truck. But, man, what if that truck ain't getting the ball? What what if that truck is simply a decoy? And, oh, yeah, you got dudes on the outside that are an absolute nightmare matchup as well. You get the ball in their hands, uh, tight ends, I think something's up the sleeve here. I, I smell a rat somewhere along the line here. I don't think the total at 52 and a half, while the public loves it, I don't know that we get there, man. I really don't. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I I, I think that's actually the best pick of the week in this game. Uh, mm. I, I, I think it's I think the total has been pushed up to the point where in a playoff game, you don't expect there to be that. I mean, like you have to throw last what happened last Sunday in Kansas City was one of the more unique things yeah. you'll ever see on the postseason field in the NFL. Uh, right. You don't see points like that scored in a postseason game very rarely at all. And I know it's Patrick Mahomes. I know it's the Texans and and, and it's Deshaun Watson. Uh, and, and you can say the same thing this weekend with how good Ryan Tannehill has been. That will not be the scoreline this weekend. There will no. not be a team that gets close to 40. Uh, this no. game's going to be played in the 20s. I do think it's going to be kind of a 28-21, 24-21 type of score. Yep. Uh, I think it's going to be a game where Patrick Mahomes makes a play late to win it. Uh, and, and you know, I was actually looking at the box score just now of that game, that 35-32 game. The Titans had two special teams defensive scores in that game. Yes. I, I, you know, that, I, I don't think that is going to be the storyline on Sunday. That is not something you can handicap. I think this right. is going to be a very close to the best game. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the difference. And I, I think seven and a half is live, but I really like the under. I like the first half under, first quarter under. Something tells me this game starts slow. How fast yeah. it started on Sunday. I can see this game on Sunday being very much like a heavyweight fight. Do we get a big dose of Derrick Henry? If not, do we get a big dose uh, of the Chiefs running backs? Uh, yep. You know, what's Tyreek Hill's status? You know, he looked a little banged up on Sunday. I, I don't yep. think we're going to see the high-flying shootout that the public is expecting. And I think, uh, like most games, but even more so, guys, red zone defense. Oh, yeah. What and who stops three is not more than seven. Which defense can get the stop? So far, Tennessee has been better than anybody. We'll talk more about this game, plus the Packers Niners. Do that quick. Another hour. Make it rain next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
All right, welcome back in here to the grid. Getting ready uh, next hour. A lot going on, including little uh, little Conor McGregor talk there, and we'll uh, we'll get you all squared away with that. Looking so forward to uh, watching him get into the ring with a guy way past his prime who he handpicked. That should be a really exciting fight, huh, Jared? Looking forward to that. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, so uh, our boy there, uh, Jay the Sports Keg, he'll join us uh, breaking that and down that fight. Plus, uh, college hoops just after the top of the hour with uh, Maxwell Smart. He'll join us and uh, give us the latest lines on uh, Merrimack and uh, uh, Portsmouth State Junior College. Alcorn who State. might be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some uh, some craziness there. We'll have that for you. Uh, but also uh, a quick note on that uh, that other game there, that being the 49er game. And we'll break down these games uh, in depth coming up next hour, guys. But the same situation here with this line kind of holding steady, two-thirds of the bets, yeah. laying the points with San Francisco. But we got a line freeze here. It ain't going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So talk to me here. What do you think on uh, – what are you thinking about uh, this 49er game? Do you think uh, it's an easy victory or you're more inclined to think that, well, they could they could actually get upset here? This is a this is an interesting dog. So you know we we all know about Mike Vrabel and and he's done a great job coaching and and I feel like Matt Lafleur is kind of flying under the radar a little bit this season because the Packers have while they've played well they have not been the elite team in the NFC. You know I think the battle in the NFC West has kind of taken center stage uh, and and what's happened with San Francisco. So Green Bay as the two seed you know could have could have given up that buy and I think that buy was huge because it gave them a little bit of time to rest and recharge. I really like what Green Bay's defense has done. Uh, over the last few weeks, I think they've looked better. And again, this matchup comes down to Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo. And um, I, I still think if you're getting seven and a half with Aaron Rodgers, that's a good place to be. Uh, in a primetime game, in a playoff game. Jimmy Garoppolo has not been on that stage yet. Uh, I, I would lean the points here, Joe, just on ju- just on first glance. I have not gotten in the window yet with Green Bay. I'm still looking at their defense and how they're going to stop this very, very, very good San Francisco running game. But I really do think Aaron Rodgers has the matchup edge at quarterback. Uh, and, and I'm very curious how, how it plays out. But I, I'm leaning Green Bay right now. Yeah, it's... Um... It's going to be interesting diving into these numbers and a lot of opportunities, guys. The more the more options at betting this you have, the better it is. We'll break that down coming up next hour. Let's make it rain for you here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. sportsgrid.com. 